Good evening, sports audience. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aguilar, your host. Dave Hastings is here, and this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. Of course, when I am not asleep. Um, we got a good show for you tonight. Dave Hastings, how you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. I'm doing good. How are you? Mm-hmm. Eric Tressler will be here in a couple seconds, and we got a lot to talk about tonight. We got some basketball to talk about here. We have game six. Going on at 9 o'clock tonight between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. This is taking place in Milwaukee. So we have that going for us. And, Dave, I'll let you start with your basketball thoughts. Uh, Really quick, while we wait for Eric, I wanted to ask you, did you see the story of what they're doing to the Olympic athletes and the fact they're they're making them all sleep on a single-person wooden bed to – deter the athletes from having sex i heard something about that truthfully i i haven't entirely been paying attention to the olympics but so they're having them all sleep on one bed so they so they're like basically the same size bed you slept on when you were maybe i don't know six um yeah, so it's like a single person wooden, a uh, single person bed with a wooden frame to deter people from having sex. And I just thought it was freaking hysterical because you have athletes being held back, not allowed to travel, this, that, and the other thing due to COVID. And they're like, well, at least we can stop them from having sex. And I just thought that shit was hysterical. And I just wanted to see if you saw it. What was the last thing? I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of getting caught up on everything right now. So I'm just looking at the text messages you guys had sent me. What was the last thing you said? I just think it's funny that, that, that you got everything with COVID blowing up out there, all this different shit going on. And they're like, yeah, well, at least the beds are set up so that they can't have sex. And I just think that's hysterical. It would be if, funny. If there's yeah. One thing yeah. every single grown adult knows is that if you want to have sex as a man, if you have the opportunity to have sex, because let's be honest, as men, we always want to have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have the opportunity to have sex, you really think a, a wooden bed is going to stop me from uh, from doing that? Are you kidding me? I've gotten rug burn on my knees before. I can. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a very fair point. That is a very fair point. Yeah, no. Of all the things you got to be worried about, it shouldn't be about your Olympic athletes fucking. That's like... Because let's be honest, with everything going on right now, that should be on page 150 of everything going on. So, yeah, <laughs> I get you on that one. Get you. Eric should be with us shortly. I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, I talked to him right before I talked to you, so he should be here. But, uh, yeah, all right. So these Olympics, or excuse me, Olympic. Oh, there he is. Okay. These, not the Olympics, the NBA Finals. So the Suns go out to a 2-0 lead. The Bucks not only climb all the way back, they take the 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 game five with um and correct me if this wasn't uh game five, but I think it was the Drew Holiday Steel and Giannis Aliup. That was game yep. five, right? Yep, that was game yeah. five Saturday night. Yeah. So your impression of uh these NBA finals before I say Olympics for the third time. Uh I mean, look, honestly, I mean 
Giannis is 100% putting his stamp on this series, win or lose. Um, I think his uh, his level of respect should rise a little bit because I still don't think he gets the respect that uh, he probably deserves. Um, the way he's played, the, the fact that, you know, this performance is coming off of a knee injury that a lot of people thought he might miss at least the first game or two, um, you know, seeing how he's played Middleton playing more consistently. But to me, the, the biggest question mark and the biggest thing I just don't get is where Chris Paul has been over the last three games. Um, he has played just like, I don't know if it's an age thing. Is he wearing out? You know, is, is his body not used to this long of a season? I mean, we all know he's never made the finals before, but it's just, I, I mean, that team thrives off of Chris Paul. Uh, so, you know, where he's been and what's been going on with his performance. And then I know Devin Booker has played amazing back basketball, but I saw a crazy stat the other day that just blew my mind. And, and it really kind of contributes to why I think they've lost these uh, last three games. And, and especially with Paul not showing up is he has in the last three games, 26 field goal attempts in the fourth quarter and zero assists. Hmm. And that is, I know a yeah. lot of people like to compare him to Kobe, but even Kobe knew he had to pass the ball every now and then. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I really just thought that was um, a really surprising statistic. I was kind of, I was quite shocked to see that one. Um, but yeah, I think Giannis has put his stamp on this series. I think, uh, I know some people are like, oh, well, maybe, you know, Middleton should be considered for MVP. I think you're out your damn mind if you're not giving MVP to Giannis. Yeah. Um, he's just played lights out. And I really think uh, he saved game four with the huge block. Um, you know, game five has the alley-oop dunk to really kind of put the game away. And if I'm Phoenix, I'm, I'm spending the entire fourth quarter. He's on the on the court playing hack a hack him, hack a shack, whatever you want to call it. I'm hacking him. I'm putting him on the free throw line. I'm not letting him control the game. I'm slowing the game down, and I'm not letting Middleton get into a rhythm. Uh, it's crazy to me to think like what I find amusing about tonight's game is that I consider. I mean, we all know it's a must win for Phoenix because their season's over if they don't win. But I also think it's a must win for Milwaukee because I don't know if they can go to Phoenix and win a game seven. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that I think that's going to make for a hell of a game. I, I genuinely am enjoying this series. I've, I got to watch all of basically all of game four. Um, you know, Phoenix was up 14 points uh, to start the to to start the first half and then down three at halftime and, and it just it just completely swung. So I, I think this has been a great series. I'm glad we got it and I, I've been quite entertained. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Eric Tressler is here tonight. Eric, how you doing? Mike, you managed to wait so long. My wife put me to work. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I swear to fucking God. I know I'm busting your balls. I know. I know you are. I feel bad, Janice. I'm sorry. It's all right. She put me to work instead. She was like, all right, you're not doing the show. You can do a couple things. Oh, what'd you you have to do? 
Ah, take out the garbage. We're not talking about oh, Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. All right, man. So we talk, we got game six of the NBA finals going on tonight. Bucks up three to two. Eric, uh, excuse me. Dave was just giving his thoughts on that. Eric, what do you think of the NBA finals so far? I think Dave, uh, all the props and all of everything must go to him right now because when this series was 2 0, you know, I think it was a lot of me and you there, uh, Mike, saying, you know, pretty much this series is over. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was Dave who brought it to our attention. He was like, well, listen, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's quite over. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but Dave, maybe correct me. But I think you were giving the Bucks a little more love than we were when they were down 2 0. I think hey, that's you guys, correct. You guys know well enough. Until a home team loses, the series doesn't start. That's fair enough. That is so fair all enough. All the props for this series has to go to uh, has to go to Dave right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'll go to Dave because uh, I was looking up the stats here. Chris Paul has put up double-digit points in all three games. He only has double-digit assists in one game. Devin Booker obviously has been doing his thing. I mean, Eric, Dave, you got that stat that no assists in the fourth quarter on that one. So you got me on that one. Giannis is putting up some of the most amazing statistics of his entire career. This game six tonight is going to be very interesting because I I totally agree with Dave's point. If the Bucks don't win this tonight, it's going to be extremely hard to, for them to win a game seven in Phoenix. What do you say on that, Eric? Hello? Oh, did I get cut I off? It, no, no, I see. Oh. I see it the, the opposite way, though. I think if it, I, I don't know. I think that this is really the Buck series to lose now. They flipped the script. They turned this from being Chris Paul and a legacy you know, win and championship year, and to talk about well, nobody really wins with a big anymore. You know, Guyana. You know, even though you know. Antetokounmpo is great and all. He can't get it done, and you know, against you know this style of basketball, blah blah. We were hearing those things when they were down 2-0. Sure. And now I feel like really this is flipped to Antetokounmpo showing you a big man can help a team win, can put up forty, can do a million other things, and play great defense down a stretch, and really help a ball club. And on the other respect, Chris Paul to me is a guy who's losing some real credibility because when you looked at this series at 2-0 and you said, wow, Chris Paul is going to get his first ring. He's 36, 37 years old, whatever he is. He's going to get his first ring. Well-deserved, great point guard, blah, blah, blah. Now you're looking at it and going, this is a guy who is up 2-0 in the finals. Might be getting swept after that, going losing four straight, and is now looked at as a guy who's probably never going to win a title. He, he's almost in it. He's going to end up in a category of, I'm telling you right now, he's going to end up in that category of Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, like really great guys that were tremendous basketball players, but never could get over the hump to win one. Reggie Miller, like he's going to be lumped in that category of players, in my opinion, if he loses this final. Not that there's anything wrong with being grouped with that class of player. Not, not, not knocking it. My Patrick King is my favorite player of all time. So I mean, I'm not knocking it. But I'm just no, saying. I get, I get what you're saying there, Dave. What do you say? Well, I think that's a great way to put it. I mean, especially with them starting off two zero, um, and with how he's played over the last three games. That's really knowing how important he is to this team. I mean, you got it. the blame to me starts with him. 
Um, and I guarantee you, if you asked him, he, he'd say the same thing. Um, but, you know, again, like I said, Devin Booker, 24 field goal attempts in the last three uh, in the fourth quarter of the last three games and zero assists. Like, dude, they you know that they're trying to stop you offensively. You should be able to find the open man. And, and to me, he's got he's got to look for that player. He's got to get other guys more involved and force Milwaukee to make a decision of saying, hey, if we lose because other people beat us and we lose because other people beat us, we're not going to let him beat us. Or they make an adjustment and try to spread it out a little bit and give him a chance to really take over. But yeah, he, he's got to get other guys involved and he's got to put, he's got to take some pressure off of Chris Paul. Um, mm-hmm. Paul is definitely not, not playing like he did in the first two games. Yeah. And I think now is definitely the time. I mean, Phoenix definitely has enough of the weapons, but what have we heard? How great of a leader Chris Paul has been. This is the game we're really going to see it tonight, I think. I mean, obviously, this is what the whole season comes down to right here. How good of an influence are you when you have a guy like Devin Booker with the stats that Dave just brought up there? Are you able to get to him and be like, dude, if you don't have the shot, you got to pass it up to your teammates here. you got enough weapons around you. This ain't a team where you got to do everything all by yourself here. you got people who can help you out here. So it's a question of whether or not I think Chris Paul can get through to Booker here because he's obviously been able to do it this thus far. He's just got to do it for one more game there. See, I don't think Booker has been a guy that's been like, give me the damn ball and get out of my way. Like, Yeah. So I, I don't see that as the issue. Like, I feel like Booker's taking more of these opportunities now because they're getting passed up and given to him. Like, nobody else in the team wants those opportunities, really. That's the way I look at it because Paul can distribute. He knows what to do. And I don't think he would just sit there and blindly feed Devin Booker unless there was a reason for it. He didn't do it all season long like that. I mean, and listen, Booker is a special talent. We all know that. Yes, we know they have a lot of other weapons. But right now, maybe if those weapons aren't stepping up, you know, maybe they don't feel comfortable going with other options. And that's why they keep going to Booker. I, mm. I don't see Booker as a mean guy that, that needs to have the ball like that. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, I just haven't seen enough of him because he plays out West and maybe he is more like that. And, but I, I just don't, I've never really heard that about him or seen it from him. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I'm well, going that re- Really quick, Eric, I just want to clarify. Like I, I'm not saying I think he's being selfish. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, Statistically, when I when you look at it and see a guy has that many shots and a zero assist, like to me, it's more of a mental. Like he's got to make a mental adjustment and and look for his teammates a little bit more. Like I'm not saying I don't think he's being selfish. I don't think he's that kind of guy. I thought his response when people were asking him, like, "Hey, how do you feel about the comparisons to Kobe?" He's like, no, "I should never be compared to Kobe." out of respect for Kobe. Like, like that's the kind of guy Devin Booker is. So I, I don't mean it in a way where I think he's being selfish or, or a ball hog. I mean it in a way of, like, I think he needs to make a mental adjustment and force Milwaukee's defense to accept the fact he might pass the ball, just like Kobe had to get. Like, Kobe used to just chuck it up and be like, all right, screw it. We don't really need to guard anybody else. And it wasn't until Kobe made that adjustment and started dishing the ball every now and then that he won finals without Shaq. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was an overly intentional thing on this point. It's hard to argue the statistics, though. The idea that he's a me first guy, you know, yeah, blatantly or anything that. like that. I, I, I'm with both you guys. I don't think he meant to do it, but unfortunately, the stats are the stats on that. You know? Yeah, Eric, what do you say? Again, I expect the guy who's the best player on the team to take the most shots. And so I don't have a problem with him taking the volume of shots. I don't have a problem because he didn't have an assist in the game. All right, maybe I can see playing with your head up a little more, you know, rather than so, you know, maybe basket heavy or, or, you know, know, scoring focused. But at the same time, he's a tremendous talent and one of the best options on your team. So... In my opinion, he should be taking the most shots. I don't think it should be an even distribution of shots across the board with the Suns. Mm. That I'll agree with. Yeah. Yeah, I could see him taking more shots than anybody on the team. But the truth is, you do have Chris Paul. You do have – I still never remember how to pronounce his name. Aiton? Aiton? Aiton. You have him. You do have other options there. Obviously, he's the best player on the team, no question. But you do you do have a couple of other options there. But, again, I don't think anybody of us are saying that it's a conscious thing. So, with that, let's do predictions for Game 6 tonight. Who do we think is going to win? Dave, we'll go back to you. I, I, ju- I just... <sighs> Oh man, I, I, I mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Phoenix. I, I just think overall that that they were the team mm-hmm. meant to win this. Phoenix, all right. Uh, Eric, what do you say? Stick a fork in them. They're done. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it like that, but I think Eric said it pretty well when he first came on. This is this series. The momentum has completely shifted. This is the Bucks series to lose right now. But, Dave, I'll give it to you. If they don't win tonight, they're not winning game seven. But I do think the Bucks win tonight. I, I would agree. I think if Phoenix wins tonight, Phoenix wins the series. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if Milwaukee wins tonight, they win the series. I mean, that's just math. No. All right. So, with that. Math. What did you say? Math. 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 <laughs> it was my understanding. We follow that, the science and the math on this program. It was my understanding there would be no math. These debates, to quote the great Chevy Chase from the first season of Saturday Night Live when he was Gerald Ford. One of my favorite lines. Nothing. Okay, fair enough. All right, we'll move on here. Um, we'll let Schmelrose in now here. I know Schmelrose is here. Um so there was no hockey last week, but I figured I'd give him a couple seconds. Did you guys have anything hockey-wise you wanted to bring up? My yeah, question. I actually did, though. No, no, no. Go I ahead. Did, though. I really did, though. Good. Because I heard this on the radio earlier, and it sparked my interest because I was like, wait a second. What, what, what is that? There's a goaltender who is not currently protected and is in the draft for tomorrow night for the Kraken. And if they're going to start a franchise and you want to start it off much like the Vegas Golden Knights did when they took a veteran goaltender in Flurry who they knew was going to come in and be solid between the pipes, there's a team that was in the Stanley Cup Finals this year 
who did not protect their goalie. And I'm talking about Carey Price. I'm talking about Price. Wait a minute. What? He is they not didn't... protected by Montreal. Are you serious? Dead serious. Oh, he's my and first I think pick. It would be, I got to think he would be, and I'd be interested to hear Schmelrow's take on that, but I think it's very interesting that the Canadians, which, by the way, he is apparently Canadian. Um, we're sure. talking about Price. He is Canadian, but he's, like, British-Canadian, so he's from out west anyway, like the western part of Canada. So he's actually wow. would be going more closer to home by going to the Kraken um, out there in Seattle. So I, I don't know what you think, but I think it's interesting, and I got to think it's a move that they really have to look at seriously. I don't know. I'll get a little reverb back. but uh, Yeah, I got a little bit, too. You know, got to take it seriously because he's a big time goaltender who can, who you know, has big time playoff experience and, and, and can really rise to the occasion. Uh, I think it would be a fantastic pickup. Interested to hear what you guys think about that. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even know that till you said it. But Schmelrose is here tonight. So, Larry Schmelrose, how you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you? Uh, we're, I, I'm awake. I'm awake. So oh, okay. I got that going for me. <laughs> um, you pretty much covered it all on the whole Carey Price thing. You know? um, he's from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he played for the Tri-City Americans, which are out in Washington. So uh, he actually uh, is really big on the fan bases out in Seattle. There's um, an interview when they, they asked him about Seattle. He said he thought a franchise out there could be really successful. Uh, there's a lot of interesting fan bases and things of that nature. He said when he played out there, he really enjoyed the experience. Uh, and on his way out the door, he said, see you in Seattle uh, to the guy he was talking to. I uh, don't remember who that was. But um, so, I mean, this could have been in the works for a while now. Uh, I believe a clause was waived. Also, like a no movement clause he might have had uh, was waived. Um, so, I mean, the writing's on the wall. It looks pretty pretty set in stone. I mean, I think it would be a bad mistake if they didn't do it. Vegas set out a nice, um, you know, like outline on how to do it. And, um, you know, all they have to do is, is fill in the gaps and, and maybe try to improve on it. So they have an opportunity here to be a very good team. And Carey Price is, is the absolute right move to make uh, to start it out. You know, that, mm-hmm. look what Flurry, Flurry's done for Vegas. So the fact that he's played out there, he enjoys it out there. He likes to be out there. Um, loves the family. Well, let me ask you. There. So. Well, can I just say this real quick? Because I'm looking at ESPN right now, and I'm seeing the rules here. So every team except the Vegas Golden Knights have to be in this draft. The Golden Knights are exempt from the draft. So 27 teams protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goaltender. And I'm looking at this mock draft right now because the expansion draft is tomorrow night. I know you guys don't really take ESPN too seriously here. The idea that they have anybody but Price in that top draft pick spot is ridiculous to me. Like the first goalie goes in like the teens here. And the first goalie they have drafted is Chris Dreiger from the Florida Panthers, who I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about. But given Price is clout. How you think anybody but him is your number one draft pick makes no sense to me. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, sorry. I was just going to – I was going to piggyback off that a little bit, Mike, before we kick into Schmelrose. That's pretty much where I was going to go with it. I want to hear from Schmelrose who else he thought in this draft 
that could really should be at the top, should be somebody they should really be keying on? Like, who's that surprise guy that maybe a team didn't protect that is like a big name that maybe we've heard about, maybe we haven't, but somebody that they should really be taking a look at that could be a cornerstone for this new young franchise? Uh, well, there's a lot of names out there that are really good. Yanni Gore, Tampa actually has a lot of talent unprotected. Um, so Yanni Gord would be a great pick. He could play center. But they're also talking possibly Alex Kalorn. He's got two years left on his deal. Um, to add to those rules, like Vegas misses out on a good chunk of change. I'm not sure the exact amount of money. But they miss out on a good chunk of change not having to lose a player in this draft. And then at least 20 of the 30 players selected must be under contract for the 2021-2022 season and have a value between 60 and 100%, which is like the upper limit of the $81.5 million cap. Um, so like there are some rules. So obviously, you know, you want to take a guy like Carey Price because he's going to cost you ten and a half million against that cap. Um, so he fits into those those realms where you want to take a guy. What about um, Drager? Think, Do we know what Drager is or why ESPN might not uh, be ranked above? I don't Price think ESPN has him ranked ranked above necessarily. He's a guy that they they've talked about. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, you know, he's he had a good breakout year. But I think he'd be a good guy to put behind Price. You know, if Price gets hurt, uh, they have to take a certain amount of goalies. You know, they have to take uh, – sorry, I'm going back and forth here, and I got some things going on in the other room. But they have to take at least three goalies. So they got a young guy like – if you're going to take an older guy like Price and you take a younger guy like Drager who's who's an up-and-comer but you're not 100% sold on him yet. Um, you know, they have uh, James Van Riemsdyk from the Flyers is available. So there's also Vladimir Tarasenko from the Blues. So there's some, He's some talented veterans, um, you know, they're on the tail end. There's been talks of possibly Parisi, but he's on his way to be an unrestricted free agent. And uh, there's a lot of links to the Islanders and Lou Lamorello. So that's something to look out for in the offseason. Um, but Van Riemsdyk is one of the biggest names. He's a good player for the Flyers. He's unprotected. And uh, a big surprise was a guy from the Rangers that went unprotected, um, Colin Blackwell. So he had a nice year last year. He hit 22 points in 47 games. He could play center. He could play wing. Uh, he's young. His cap hits only 725000 And uh, it was a big surprise that the Rangers didn't protect him. Um, so that's a guy who's young. Or if you look at the Vegas model where they were taking guys like Will Carlson, uh, you know, they, they fill in and they just they filled that entire team again with second line players so that maybe they didn't match up on the first line, but their second line could hold their third line was better than everybody else's third line. Their thir their fourth line was way better than everybody else's fourth line. That's how they were so successful to start. So that's what you're going to see. Guys like Blackwell from the Rangers um, uh, going in there, they'll take role players like maybe an Aston Reese from the Penguins. Um. But uh, the big one, I think, is price. I mean, I think you hit it the nail on the head. I'm glad that you guys knew that was going on. Um, and you pretty much said it there. Like, that's the number one. I don't see it any other way. I think he wants to be there. I know they just made that run with Montreal. It's surprising uh, to see him cut ties like that. But, you know, if that's where he wants to end his career, he's a Hall of Fame goaltender, in my opinion. So, um, if, if he asked Montreal and said, hey, guys, I'd like to go play in Seattle, I could see them, you know, letting it be an easy break like that. Uh, Dave, what do you say there? I mean, 
I, I'm more focused on the Devils, so I'm kind of curious to know where they're at, who they protected. Was it a good call? I'm, I'm kind of very curious to hear uh, Schmel Rose take on, on the Devils and how they made their moves. Well, so Will Butcher's unprotected, and that seems to be the big one, especially on this list um, that I'm looking at here. Um, I think it wouldn't be a bad move for the, the Kraken. Butcher could use a new change of scenery. He only played like 20-something games last year for the Devils. Um, he did really well coming out. He was, a, I think it was a Hobie Baker Award winner. I got to look it up. But when in college, um, the Devils were able to get him in like a supplemental draft, I think it was. And uh, he just kind of fell off for him. He hasn't really fit into the lineup over the last couple of years. But he's a solid defenseman. He can move. Uh, he's got one year left on his deal. So it'd be a great when you have to take as many defensemen as they do. I believe it's nine defensemen. Um, it'd be a great guy to take. Uh, he could be your second. He could be on your second line or your third line. Uh, you know, one, or either two or three or, or three or four, four or five, five or six, whatever. But um, you get one year, see if it works out, and then he's a free agent. You can either re-sign him or let him walk. So it's a, it's a low-risk move. And everything else from the Devils, that's uh, – I don't believe, like, a guy like Subban, I don't believe they protected Subban. But with his contract, I don't see the Kraken uh, biting there. You got anything else here, Dave? No, nah, that's all I cared about. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Eric, you want to respond real quick? No, I mean, I think you know, there's great response. Appreciate it. That's what, that's what I was looking for. It's like, who's, who's looking at and, you know, um, uh, agree with him that I think it would be a loss, uh, you know, for the Rangers for Blackwell, especially because he's only making 725000 But at the same time, they do have a lot of young talent on the team right now. So I can understand why they may not have uh, protected him because I'm trying to think like off the top of my head I know they probably protected Fox they probably protected Miller I'm going to imagine Panarin uh, Lafreniere Kako so I mean like, it, it, I they, they definitely protected uh, Shazirkin you know so I mean I, I don't know I, I, I could see why Blackwell may have been the guy who, who you know, a young guy who they didn't protect, but at the same time, you know, it is going to be a loss. So I'm kind of hoping that the Kraken might overlook them. Maybe they're not as smart. That's what I'm hoping. Maybe they're not as smart as the Vegas Golden Knights. What do you say, Shamaros? Uh, yeah, you know, maybe they're not. And that's the thing. Like, they can, if they're going to go one or two ways, they can either use it as a platform to build off of uh, what the Knights did, or they're going to try their own thing, which I think would be a mistake. Um, I think no, you, I agree with you. I agree with you. you I know? think it would be a mistake to crap. The Vegas Golden Knights laid out the blueprint for you. You'd be stupid not to follow it. You, you laid it out perfectly. Like you may not have the number one line in the league, but guess what? I got three number two lines here and they're going to kick the crap at your third and fourth line. Like, you, know what I mean? like, you know what right. I mean? So like, it's, Let me like, ask you, you something an, though. You give them an advantage in a totally different aspect of the game. So, I mean, it's a beautiful strategy, too, so I don't understand why anybody wouldn't copy that. It would baffle me if the Kraken didn't. Let me ask you something, though, because if I remember correctly, the Golden Knights made a number of trades on their expansion draft night, 
They had, I think, and I could be wrong about this, I believe they had some signings before the expansion draft. They maneuvered a lot over the course of that expansion draft, if I'm not mistaken, though. It wasn't They weren't totally dependent on just the expansion draft, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah, they did make some moves. They maneuvered around, and people were surprised at how well, like, not how well, but how freely they were able to. But the Kraken had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, I think, they did sign. I have to look it up. But I saw news that they signed a goalie off the unrestricted free agent list, which kept them from uh, taking him from that team. And I thought it was Dreiger, which is why I was surprised when you brought him up as somebody that they would draft, because I thought it was him that they took. But it could be somebody else. But I feel like I read somewhere they have somebody already. Um, and then I lost it, you know, a lot of head injuries, things, things come in, they go, there's nothing I can do about it. And I apologize. Mm. All right. But listen, so oh, good, my friend. I mean, oh, we're, good. we're seeing a little bit of uh, ESPN twang on this uh, expansion draft already. Um, I, it's probably going to be, I haven't found where it's going to be televised yet. It's likely going to be televised. And I'm saying that the, guy who's not a hockey fan is going to watch it, but you're going to have Marshawn Lynn, Sean Kemp, Sue Bird coming out to announce some of the picks. So uh, some Seattle favorites are going to be there uh, to try and, I guess, get the local crowd going, get everybody hyped up. Well, shouldn't they get Russell Wilson and shouldn't they get Pete Carroll and I mean, oh, I know Lynch is, Lynch is going to be in attendance. It was him, it was Sue Bird. And somebody else were like the headliners of the people they got in attendance for this thing. Yeah, Sean Kemp, I think, is the other one. Yeah, that's who it was. That's exactly who it was, yes. For for me, I'm always interested when Marshawn Lynch makes an appearance. I love that guy. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yes. (laughs) All right, do we have anything? collect a check for reading this pick. (laughs) I'm here to collect a check for reading for reading this pick, and your pick is Corey Price. That'd <laughs> be fucking Price. perfect. That'd be perfect. <laughs> uh, but the thing about him, I mean, I know he's an Oakland guy, but he also is a guy, and he loves that Seattle fan base. So I think he's going to come out, and you're going to see a fun Marshawn Lynch. Um, He's got a couple sides to him, man. I love his commercials. He's, the guy just kills me, man. He cracks me up. You know, he found a wallet at a gas station once, looked up the guy's address on his license, and went to his house and delivered it in person. I mean, he didn't have to do that. He could have went to, brought it to the police station or something. Knocked on the guy's door. Say, Be hey, honest, man, so you're Marshawn Lynch. Station. That's a fun story, though, because – you, you don't need the money, so you're not going to rob the guy or do anything with the guy's yeah. wallet. Cause let's just be honest. You don't need it. So it's like, what the hell? So it's more of a fun story to pick the thing up, look the guy up the guy's address, say, screw it. I got nothing better to do. You drive this thing over there and shock the shit out of this motherfucker. Like, you know, like, <laughs> but, that's the attitude. kind of guy he is. That's why. Yeah. yeah. To, uh, to sh- like, and, and, and I think that's a great attitude to have. So more power to him. I hope he keeps doing awesome things like that. Keeps chugging Skittles and, you know, being goofy, you know. That's his, yeah. that's his shtick. I hope he keeps it Absolutely. up through this draft. So the last thing I want to say about this draft, because I'm looking at, because ESPN had two of their experts do mock drafts for this thing. And as much as they're both stupid for not putting Carey Price in the number one spot, the talent, it's astounding to me, the talent in this expansion draft, because we both – We've all seen, like, the NFL dra- expansion drafts and the NBA extra- expansion drafts. To see the talent that is allowed to be a part of this, 
Vladimir Tarasenko from the Blues. I remember him from when I used to play fantasy hockey. James Van uh, Rimesdyke. You talked about Colin Blackwell. Jordan Eberle is in this. Uh, Mark Giordano I saw in this. I like, And I'm sure there's a lot of other guys I'm going to miss here. Alexander Volkov uh, from the Ducks. You got some really good talent in this, and it's astounding to quack. me that quack. he what? Quack. Yes, quack, 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 quack. Yes, I agree. Josh Bailey from the Islanders, Nicholas Merkley from the Devils, Jonathan Dronin from the Canadians, and these are all relatively young guys. Like I don't know how old twenty six is in hockey years, but he's still the second best Canadian though. <laughs> You're still going to take brace over him. I'm not saying you wouldn't. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's an impressive level of talent that's been allowed to be unprotected for the Kraken. Well, because you can only protect, I believe, and Schmoros, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I just believe each team could could um, seven, forwards, seven forwards, three, three defensemen, def- and a goalie. Yeah, but I'm saying to let those guys go, I mean, I know I was never that good at fantasy hockey because I didn't watch the games. I'm sorry, Schmoros. But to let some of those guys go, like I know the Canadians made the finals this year, but some of those other teams didn't even make the playoffs or got eliminated early, and they're letting some of those guys unprotected. So, Schmoros, what do you say to that? Oh, did I get mine cut uh, off? Sorry, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I lost you guys there for a second. You weren't cut off. I was. I had to take my headset off, and I missed gotcha. a lot of what you were saying. I'm sorry. No, I was talking about the level of talent involved in this draft, and I'm not I'm not going to go back and read off some of the names, but it's like you got Volkov. Um, I believe he was the guy Eric started quacking for. Um, and you got uh, some well, of the other guys. You got some of the other guys, Eric. Um, you guys had brought up earlier, but it's an incredible amount of talent that Kraken gets to choose from here was the you point that I would quack into Kraken. Quacking from that's pretty good, Eric. That's pretty good. Well, hey, <laughs> if they thought they could negotiate a new deal with a Vetchkin, they could they could take him because he's not protected. Are you a serious? That, absolutely, but the thing is they won't be able to take him because no, he's too expensive. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's like they're, they're going to leave some talent out there. It's going to depend on contracts. Um, do they have one or two years, three years, four years? Like how many, how much the guys have left? In hockey, there's a big thing where, um, you know, you, if you have a guy who's 23 who's the same talent as the guy who's 26, you're going to unprotect the guy who's 26. Like mm. when I played junior hockey, if I went to a tryout as an 18-year-old and there was a 20-year-old and him and I were both on the bubble, I would make the team based on age. So that plays a factor. Contracts are going to play a factor. Um, things of that nature. So, I mean, if they feel like there's a guy with two years left and, and they don't think they're going to be able to resign him at the end of that, yeah, he's a good player, but you might leave him unprotected to keep your young guys, you know, hmm. and, and keep your core and keep building off of it. Some guys are expendable. Yeah. They're talented, but you can find others to fill the role. I must say something about the talent level in the National Hockey League right now. I will say that. All right. Um, we can wrap this up here. Does anybody else have any other hockey points they want to bring up for Schmo Rose here? Well, no, I want to I I segue, and I want Schmo Rose to stay on for this if he'd like to or if he can. Um, but I wanted to segue here because it's a great segue as we're talking about contracts and 
what players are worth and, you know, a team like maybe the Kraken not signing a guy like Ovechkin because of the contract issues. But I'm sure you guys have probably heard about it by now. The report out there that Aaron Rodgers was offered an extension to be the highest paid player in the NFL from the Green Bay Packers this offseason and turned down the extension. Mm. To me, it just sounds like he really wants out. If you're turning down contracts that are, are bigger than $40, 45000000 million a season, like you've really got to hate where you are. Like You've got to hate life, like in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I I don't know how you guys feel. Schmelros, get your opinion. Dave, I'll throw it to you first. I know yeah. you uh, yeah. you yeah. a little quieter on the last segment, but I'd love to hear what you guys got to think about Aaron Rodgers and this ever-ongoing Packers situation because I, I think if he goes back and plays for him now, like, all of this is just bullshit. Like, I, mm. I'm, a, I'm fully expecting him to be holding out if, not, if, if he doesn't get a trade. I don't know about you guys. Dave, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, when I I mean this whole time I've just thought it was kind of drama. He needed a break from the team, you know, that kind of stuff. But to find out that he literally turned down an extension that would have made him the highest paid quarterback or player, not quarterback, but player in the entire league is just it's just mind-blowing. And, and it really kind of paints the picture like you said, Eric, where there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He is he's had his time in Green Bay. He is tired of Green Bay and wants to get out of Green Bay. Um, so he can afford to hold out. I mean, hell, just what he makes off of State Farm commercials, he could live off of that without even touching his football money. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of shocking to hear that. Um, I do still think Aaron Rodgers plays for the Green Bay Packers this year. I don't know, it's just kind of the feeling I have. Um, if anything, he holds out, they find him, he gets, you know, he, he takes the fines and gets a trade a couple weeks in once, uh, Green Bay has an idea of the landscape of the league and what kind of pick it might mean for them. But something in my gut just tells me he's still playing for the Packers at some point this year. Well, then well, you don't want to lose the bet. The bet. I never want to lose any bet, Eric, ever. <laughs> <laughs> don't, we, don't, don't we have a bet on that if Rogers is going to be under center week one? Oh, I, for, I forgot that's what the bet was. Yeah, no, we talked about that last week. Yeah, I forgot. I Yeah, I forgot. No, that's my fault. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll go last on this. Shmo Rose, you can go first. Well, I mean, if you watched Rogers last year, I mean, every time he came to the line of scrimmage, I'm telling you, go back and watch the games. I've been trying to figure out the look on his face that I wanted to say he had. I finally came up with the word. He looked dejected. All year last year. That's why it was so easy for me to pick against him in the playoffs against Tom Brady um, because he just, I just never felt like his, he played that well and his heart wasn't in it all last year. You could see it. So um, I think, I don't think he's going to play for him. I think he's out. I think he'll hold out all year if he has to. I'm looking something up real quick. So you guys vamp for a couple seconds. Well, he can definitely afford to I still want to know because I'm telling you, that that COVID thing is a real deal, though. I'm telling you, he could he could opt out on the COVID list and still get paid, like, over $12 million this year just for opting out. Yeah, he has – I think it's still a week uh, – I think it's still after the first pre week of preseason games he has up till. Yeah, yep. If he chooses to opt out, if he chooses to opt out, right, 
and then what? Like, can he not be traded? Like, what's what's the rule there? Like, if he's trying to screw the Packers, are they just trying to screw him right back? You know, like that. What happens uh, then? They sit down. He's out. He's out, and he goes doesn't does TV. He goes and does something else. He gets paid so for he, sitting out. He can't be traded. Can't be anything. I don't think so. If he's uh, if he's out for the season on the COVID list, I do not believe he's eligible to be traded or, uh, yeah, anything like that. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. All right. I can't find this information. When does Rogers' current contract expire? Because I'm looking at next year, I believe. Or is it it's either after next year or the year after? Um, All right, but this extension was only for two years, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, right? Yeah, but he was still signed for a couple more, so this was going to add on to that and make him the QB there through, like, 2020, whatever it was. So, yeah, this was going to be a two-year extension, technically, on his current deal, but with the bump up in money would have made him the highest-paid player in the league. And the he extension would have wouldn't have stopped. And it wouldn't have started until the end of his current contract, then, right? Or would it have taken right, the place I think, of the? I think it would have restructured part of his contract now, though. All right, that's. He probably right. would have got a, he would have got a fat ass signing bonus, and then the rest of the exactly. money has been piled on in the last two years. He's currently under contract to the end of the twenty twenty three season. Huh. All, All right. right. So yeah, so he's got two more years. All right, well, here's what I'm going to say, because now I'm remembering the conversation from last week, and I went 50-50 on the chances of Rodgers coming back uh, to, to play under center for week one. With... No way, you 50-50 on something? Oh, you're funny. <laughs> oh, hardy, har, har, har. You can't be placed in a vote at this point. You, you can't well, I will say... This came in. Me and Eric put our money on the table if we had no... Yeah, fine. I'm just saying... This kind of switches the prospect of that. I'm going to say 75-25. He's not under center. And y'all can kiss my ass. I don't care. All right. <laughs> Listen, at, least, at least we're getting you to pick a direction. It might have taken us to two weeks to do it. We, we got you to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I didn't even yeah, remember the conversation happened. Until, I got to tell you. Huh? I got to tell you that he is disgruntled, though. Oh, he's yeah. got to be really like. Is, I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't get it. But then again, I don't get the Packers. Like, they, they, they did it to themselves. Mm. So, I mean, I have no sympathy for them either. Is it – because I always think it's refreshing in sports to see someone who gets so pissed off at a franchise that it's like, no, you can give me however much money you want. You fucked up here, and that money's not going to change how I feel about this. I think that's a little refreshing to see. Because we always talk about the business side of sports, and to see Rogers with the no, you fucked up yeah, here. You're not changing my mind. Fuck you, money though. He's one of those. He does. He does. Yes. Like, I don't care. Yes. Like, like you said, State Farm's paying him. A million other sponsors are paying him. Post yeah. Whatever he's already made off of the league, like he he doesn't need it. Like yes, it's nice. Yes, you always want to pad your bank account. Yes, you want to build for the future and for your families, families, families down the road and everything else. I get all that. But at the same time, why deal with the aggravation? Why beat up your body? Why do all the other nonsense? You don't have to. You know, mm. not worth it. He's 37 years old now. Like, you know, like he's a spring chicken. You know, like he's going out. He's got a title. He's got a championship. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Like, there's mm. really not much else he has to accomplish. 
he still wants to play, but I'm sure part of him goes, listen, but if they're going to force me to play here, I really don't have to play that badly. Yeah. Like, and that's where it's like, you know, I think he's giving them the, the fuck you. Like, I, I just do. I think that's where he is saying this is, this is my line in the sand and I'm done with you people. Mm. I will sign somewhere else. Somebody else will give me money. Tom Brady already showed me that I can leave wherever I'm at for, for 15 plus years and go and win somewhere else right away. I can go to a good situation and make somebody else who's already a contender, uh, a, like a perennial, like, you know, Super Bowl team. And, you know, I want to do that the last couple of years. I don't blame him for wanting to do that. I hope he does do that. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. But I, he, he does. He has, he has plenty of money. It isn't about the money. And I hope that's what it, that him turning that contract down showed the Packers. But again, if the Packers are just going to be dicks and, and just, you know, be like, we're not going to trade you. Well, then listen, you're just going to come up your nose to spite your face. That's all you're doing. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not doing anything constructive there. You're just literally yeah. wasting your time and his time. I so think honestly, you, and the fans time. I think the big question that keeps coming to my mind with this whole situation, though, is what the hell happens in Green Bay that you can get a Hall of Fame quarterback to want to play for you for over a decade, and then all of a sudden they just reach their wits end with you. Like it, it just it's funny blows. that they all had 16 years. I believe it was Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. This was the last year's Rodgers 16th year. I believe it was all 16 years and done with the Packers. I just find that number in- interesting too, and being that's the three most famous quarterbacks in the franchise history. Yeah, you're talking like about 16 – I'm sorry, Dave. You're talking about 16 years total, not 16 years starting, right? Yeah, 16 yeah. years with the yeah. team. 16 okay. years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Go ahead, Dave. But it's just, like, mind-blowing to think about to me. Like, I just – I don't – like, out of any position, that like, how are you wanting to – like, how are these players trying to force themselves out like I don't get how that's unfolding, and it, it's it's not like at this point you literally can say it's a trend. Like mm. it's not a one-off; it's a freaking trend. So what is happening? Like, are the Packers like that woman that's like really great for you, but after a decade and a half, you're like, holy shit! I cannot imagine another moment with you in my life. Like, I just I I don't. It blows my mind. Like, what happens in that? you know, 15th, 16th year that that players are just like, yo, I am done with this franchise. Like, is it not even the franchise? Is that they can't stand that half the year? It's under 30 degrees? Like, I, I don't get it. Well, I also think you're looking at different scenarios here because with the Favre one, he's told everybody he was retiring to the point where they put their contingency plan in place. We're ready to go with Aaron Rodgers. And at the last minute, Fog decides, no, I want to come back. What the fuck do you mean you want, you want to come back? We're ready to go with Rodgers here. You can't come back now. We got a whole plan in place. And then with Rodgers, we've talked, we've talked about this one. He needs weapons, so they go out and spend their first-round draft pick on Jordan Love. And to Favre's credit, he's got nothing against Jordan Love. He's got a problem with the process that led to him being there. And I think that's the difference there. I think I don't think it was a problem with the organization that led to Favre's situation. I think it definitely is a problem with the philosophy of the process that led Rodgers to be like, dude, you guys don't know what the hell you're doing, especially the general manager 
Gunthunst or whatever the fuck his last name is. Y'all know who I'm talking about. He's the one who pissed Rodgers off to the point where he don't want to come back. Well, it's just too ironic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially I didn't know the Bart Starr thing, but like, I mean, the rest of it, you're just like, I can't on. even speak on that. I can't even speak on the Bart Starr thing. If if you know something specifically, I I, I must have forgotten what you're talking about. No, I mean the 16 years for all three. Oh, gotcha. That is crazy to think like, about. You can't make that shit up. No. Eric, what do you say? Oh, God. Hats, can't make that shit up. <laughs> History repeating itself, you know. That's what I say. It, that, that's what it is. Just history repeating. But um, great cycle there with Rogers. I just think the time is up, and you know he'll probably end it like Favre did, and like Montana did, and like a lot of these other great aging quarterbacks. But you know Tom Brady, they'll end it in a nice retirement spot somewhere, yeah, where they'll get another year or two to try to make something happen. And, you know, Peyton Manning and all of them, you know, they, they get a quick change of scenery there at the end to ca- see if they can catch lightning in a bottle. And uh, if, if he's able to do that, great. And if he's not, you know, that's okay, too. But I just think his time in Green Bay is done. Mm. All right, Schmel Rose, do you have any final thoughts on this particular topic? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, hypothetical crazy question. What happens? He does the COVID list, sits out. Makes his $12 million, eats a bunch of brats, has some cheesesteaks while he's in Philly, has some pizza while he's in New York. Says, Chug you know some beers. I don't want to get in shape no more. Says, I don't want to play football no more. Screw it. First ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. Great. And for the yeah, record, he, we are all a first ballot. We are all agreeing on this. This is not just me saying this. I want that known. No, no. He's an all-time great. He's, he's a yes. great quarterback. No question. In my yeah. opinion. I don't know. You feel the same there, Snowdros? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, he won the one Super Bowl, but, I mean, God, does he light it up. And, and like, it's just scary. Every time your team plays him, you're, you're afraid of him. Absolutely afraid of him. And that's, that's a great quarterback right there. Mm-hmm. You think of the great quarterbacks we've seen in this last 20-year period, and Peyton and Brady always wind up being the top two that you talk about. But to be someone like Rodgers, who has consistently put himself in that category year in, year out, for as long as he has, there's not too many guys you could say held their own with Peyton and Brady there. Unfortunately, never got to do it in the same game. And we're not, I, I'm not going to talk about regular season games here. You know, you didn't get to see them in the postseason duke it out or anything like that. But he's been in that conversation. Almost since the second he took over Favre's position. He did get to see Eli Manning beat him at Lambeau in the winter to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. You know something with that? I want to segue to the announcement that came out earlier this week. Apparently, there's going to be alternative broadcasts of Monday Night Football games with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning in the booth. Oh and I guess, I guess this is like an ESPN oh exclusive my. thing. This is going to be something I'm sure you'll be able to see on like ESPN Plus or something like that. Eric, I, I'm sure you got thought, huh? I'm just doing some call signs from from Manning Brothers. Omaha, Omaha. Oh, okay, I right. was saying Omaha, and then that's what you. Saying, boo, boo, boo. 
you know, what's that, that last one? You're gonna have to say that again. I have no uh, idea blue, what you're saying. Like you'd say like blue or red or whatever. He'd yell out colors sometimes and stuff okay. instead of yelling out state All capitals right. like his brother or states right. or cities or whatever like his brother. Fair enough. All right. Well, we'll start with you then, because I think you were the one who put it in the group text. There. What, what were your thoughts when you heard this one? I like it. I like it. Can I ask I like a question the though? I saying about after that that Tom Brady's got to sit down on the field and listen, think about how the Manning brothers are calling his games now. <laughs> it turns the tides. I got to be honest. I'm tired of listening to guys like Troy Aikman and shit. I'm tired of listening to like Jason Witt and all these other freaking Romo and. All these goddamn cowboys getting on TV. Give me a Romo and Aikman that. are excellent broadcasters. Uh, They're excellent. Yeah, I am sorry, leaving sorry, Witten out of this. They, they are. are excellent. Hey, give me the Manning brothers. But let me give ask me you something. Let, let me ask you something. Peyton, I think, can hold his own on a broadcast. Eli has never exactly expressed, you know, he's not known the for real. expressions alone are enough to have him there. But for a broadcast, what do facial expressions do on a broadcast? He's got a little picture in picture with his little face down there making stupid expressions as the plays are going on. <laughs> uh, Dave, I'm going to throw it to you on that. He's had that dumbfounded look on his face. That, uh, and, and, and you're going to throw a little box in the corner there? You're going to throw a little box in the corner down there to see the dumbfounded look? Yeah. Okay. Dave, go ahead. That's what I would do. I find it entertaining. I find the Mannings entertaining, but that's just me. Mm. Look, I don't think there's anything Peyton Manning's touched since he's retired that hasn't turned to gold. Um, so I am all for Peyton. And ever since, you know, Eli on social media is one of the funniest guys I have ever seen. I don't know if you guys saw the tweet he sent. Where he uh, retweeted Saquon Barkley working out yeah. and, asked, and asked Saquon to stop photoshopping his face on Eli's legs. I mean, like I, honestly, I, I think they're going to add a humor aspect to it that you really don't get in other uh, broadcasting experiences. So I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think they're going to be a great combination. I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be moments that there's literally jokes said where you're like, oh my god, I can't believe they just said that. And it's just going to be hysterical. Mm. All right, Shmel Rose, you got a final thought on that? Hey, man, all I know is that a lot of people would tell you that Eli is the funniest brother. Um, if you talk to a lot of Giants who play with him uh, in the locker room, he was a jokester, he was a prankster, he had a lot of fun. So I think you're going to see locker room Eli and not field Eli, and I think you're going to be very surprised. At, uh, I think he's going to be funnier than Peyton. I think it's going to be great to watch. And listen, they're going to be knowledgeable too. See, that's the thing. Oh, like, sure, you know, sure. I like don't gonna, doubt that. You're going to want to like listen to what they have to say about the game and how, like, you know, especially Peyton's like breaking down a game. Like, if I, especially if I'm a young quarterback out there, if I'm a kid, even like how, if I'm a kid, how would I not want to watch that broadcast? Like, I, I would, I would love that broadcast every week. Are you kidding me? Is that like uh, I don't know? It's, mm. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Actually. This is the first time in a long time I can actually say I'm I'm looking forward to watching a Monday Night Football broadcast. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they're only doing ten games this season. That like sounds every right. Other week. That sounds right. That they're doing, but still, I am excited to see it. I hope it's a lot of fun. I hope they they just bring their personalities to the game, um, and I think it. I, I think it's going to go well. So I'm 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 really looking forward to it. Having been this 
this excited for a Monday Night Football broadcast in a long time. Anybody well, better I, than Booger McFarlane? Please. Well, yes, yes, <laughs> See, totally agree. I did not. Oh, he's a I moron. Did. He's. I was no. watching the draft when he was going, and I he's just thought nowhere he's nowhere near as horrible. Bad as a Joe Buck or a, or a Chris Collinsworth. Or a, well, Chris Collinsworth just sounds like he's drunk on every podcast, uh, on every broadcast. If I'm being honest, he sounds like he's having a couple of vodka martinis before the show. So, and I mean, I, Buck is barely isn't even listenable most times. Like, he, I, I can't listen to a Buck. A Buck and Aikman broadcast to me is absolute torture. I would rather turn on the radio and listen to the radio than watch the TV when they call you. I will not stand for the Troy Aikman blasphemy. So that's all I'm going to say on that. And here's the thing. I think... Is there anybody listen, here that agrees that, that Joe Buck sucks? Do we get a, can we get a Joe Buck absolutely. sucks agreement here by, by uh, sports zone? I, no, I, listen, I, not I taking anything Joe away Buck. from him and his PA successes. He's phenomenal, obviously, because he makes a shit ton of money and he's getting the stratospheres we'll never see. So more power to him. But at the same time, I cannot stand him calling a game. Cannot stand. I have. N- I, I'm going to have to be the dissenter here because honestly, I see what everybody else sees. I just don't have the vitriol against Joe Buck that everybody else does. That being said, I don't want him calling a Met game. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want him calling a Met game. I just don't hate him as much as everybody else does. Let me. Um, I just want to say this: Eli and Peyton. I think. I don't doubt the knowledge. And I don't doubt that Peyton is entertaining. I need Eli to prove to me he can be entertaining on a broadcast. That's all I'm going to say. Eli's place is on ESPN Plus. Is it any good? Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I only watch one episode, but he's he does his thing. Mm. All right, I haven't watched that, so that's my only thing. I'm not saying he can't do it because you know, with his brother there, I think there'll be a lot of brotherly banter and things like that. So I'm looking forward to it in that respect. And I don't doubt that Peyton is an entertaining motherfucker. We've all seen the Saturday Night Live where he was throwing footballs at the kids in that, um, what is it, I Boys and Girls seen... Club skits? That's yeah, a, that's a funny guys, skit. Have you guys seen his new games show, though? I've not seen the College Bowl yet, but I want to. I have not been able to, get, to, to check it out yet. He has Anybody a game show? He does with his brother Cooper. And oh, it's right. called like the college bowl and it's uh like a deca- like a uh trivia game for college students pretty much and like colleges battle you know with each other. I didn't even know it was a thing, so Dave, I'll I'll put it to you. Uh haven't seen it, but even I'm interested in it because I honestly just think Peyton's great. And if you guys were unaware, his production company is called Omaha Productions. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Oh. Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. Y'all know the Saturday Night Live bit I'm talking about, right? Where yes. he's throwing the footballs at the kids. It's fucking hysterical. Yeah. It gets me every time. Oh, it's great. Yeah. All right. Oh, you <laughs> suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what, what was the line he was saying? He's got the kids huddling around and going, I'll choke a bitch or something like that. I'll stab. I'll stab somebody or something like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Funny bit. Yeah, very good. All right, so that'll do it for football. Um, Schmelrose, I don't know, because we'll probably switch to baseball unless Dave has something else. So Schmelrose, um, thank you, as always, for joining us here. 
Uh, I'm sure you got to deal with baby smell rose, right? Yeah, we're bedtime time around now, so we're getting that going. The last thing I'm going to say is I hope to see. I hope they bring the hover chair back that they had Booger in. They put Eli and Peyton in there. I'm sure they'd have some good commentary on that. Mm. You guys remember that stupid chair they had Booger in his first? Yeah, it, sound, it sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. I, what t- what type of man lets himself be called Booger? That's my only question. That makes no sense to me. Booger. That's your name. That's like that's like the opening scene of a, a series that I'm not going to say the name of, where they're talking about a dude who got shot and his name was Snot Boogie. Do you know? Yeah. Do you remember the character Booger from the movie Revenge of the Nerds? I never saw Revenge <laughs> of the Nerds. So I was, believe it or not, many, many moons ago, I was at a party with a friend of mine at this, at this girl's apartment. And we were partying, and this guy walked in, and I am hammered. And I just walk up to this guy, and I'm like... I just want to see you hammered. That'd be fantastic. Like, you just like, booger, booger! And, like, dude, this guy couldn't have been more pissed off than me all night. <laughs> he, he hated my... He's like, I am not. Dude. Stop calling me that. I don't want... Oh, no, booger! Hey, booger! <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It was terrible. But you know, I don't mind the name Booger. You know, listen, you know, people got names. People got, you know, listen, own it. And he owns it. And I got to be honest, I, unlike you guys, I didn't mind Booger uh, on the broadcast. I thought he was actually one of the better parts of those Monday night broadcasts. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. 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 No, I, I would take uh, Joe Buck. I would take Collinsworth and Buck over Booger. Absolutely. Absolutely. Collinsworth and a buck over Bug. Yeah, I, I couldn't stand it. Look, I thought Bugger was better mm-hmm. than Witten. I'll, I'll admit that. Witten was horrible. Unfortunately, that's not saying that much, though. Fair. But, yeah, Witten yeah. was just outright bad. Mm. And the fake hair just made it even worse. Oh, I didn't even know that one. Okay. Um. Thank you, Larry Schmelrose, for joining us here tonight. Dave, I know this one. Stay sweaty, yes, and we got to talk about that in a second. Actually, don't don't let me forget to bring that back up. Um, Dave. If you're going to get sweaty about something, get sweaty about it now. Well, apparently. Well, uh, no, apparently it's it's four years since the sweaty one passed. So I I wanted to bring that up. Because I saw that in my, I saw that in my Facebook feed, uh, the memories thing. Memories. This is what you were doing, however many years ago. Because yeah, yeah. I put up, tri- I put up tributes to him. Apparently, it was four years ago, either today or yesterday, when he, when John Schnapp passed. So I wanted oh, to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I'll be yeah. honest. He was a big reason that I got into a lot of. The oh, three, three years, three years. Now. Excuse me, three years. Excuse me, I got my math wrong there. Even still, it's uh, he was a big reason. I listened to, especially a lot of the earlier years of the MCU movies. Um, I would listen to a lot of what he had to say, and he was a big reason of. Because, like I said, I've told you guys, I never read the comic books as kids. I never did any of that, so I never mm-hmm. knew any of these big storylines and things. So I would watch guys like Schnapp, and they would get me into it because I would see the passion that they had for it and the way they'd talk about it and all these different runs. And People tell you artists and illustrators. and I mean, it was 
unbelievable the amount of knowledge that, that he had and uh big reason i got into this kind of stuff so you know we, we, when it comes to like the the marvel stuff and even dc any any kind of really comic book um genre stuff he, he had a big influence in so um and it's also the reason i, I salute you guys at the end of every show saying stay sweaty because she always said it doesn't matter what you're getting sweaty about as long as you're getting sweaty about something that, that's what matters so um mm. yeah so I'm going to go into this in a little while, but I know we've gone on a lot longer than I think Dave wanted to. So Dave, I, I want to give you a chance. Do you have anything else you want to throw in? Uh, no, I'm good. Gentlemen, you guys uh, enjoy your um, baseball talk. Uh, don't make Eric mad. Mike, the Yankees keep sucking. No, uh, they don't actually. They've won. They've won seven of the last 10. I I literally just had. And not only that, they've beaten the Red Sox. They've beaten the Astros. What was that? Somebody in my office was like, "Yeah, the Yankees have lost nine in a row." I was like, "Oh damn, it keeps going up." You want to you want to smack that guy for giving you some bad information, then because yeah, it's bad info. They've actually won the last three series, beating Seattle, Houston, and the Red Sox, taking two of three from each. Um, and they've been playing better as of late, although they've had a bunch of COVID people and nonsense. So they are playing with a very jumbled roster right now that doesn't even really resemble a major league roster. But they're still finding ways to win some ball games, and that's what really matters. Tyone has won four of his last five starts, so he's doing better. You know, the Yanks seem to be turning around. So I don't have too much negative for you on the Yanks, other than I still think Fire Bruin and Cash at the end of the year because it's still probably not going to be the year you're hoping for. Um, and yeah, so that's all I really got. So it's going to be short for me on baseball. Kind of, I'm going to let Mike go a little bit about the Mets. Cause I'll be honest, Dave, it's really his Mets are the ones that have been sucking. I mean, your Mets too, I guess, if you want to call them that, but yeah, no, it hasn't, uh, it hasn't been good. They've been, no, they, they've been the ones sliding. And I gotta be honest, they're still somehow holding a lead in the division. I don't know how. Two and a half games. They're gonna let it slip through their hands. Yeah. They're, they're going to, they're going to let it slip through their hands if, they, if they're not careful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard about them being only like the third or fourth team in modern baseball baseball era. Uh, so I think that's since uh, yeah. 1900 to be part of a game where they were down uh, up six runs and blew it and then down six runs the next game and won it. So I did hear about that, which I thought was a pretty interesting statistic. It's – yeah, no, it's um, – listen – I've been saying for the last couple weeks now, and you guys got on me a couple weeks ago for getting angry when I should be happy at this team. Um, I'm, I'm unfortunately being proven right on a couple things I was saying that this pitching staff, especially now because DeGrom had to – he was supposed to start last night, ironically enough, and he had to go on, a, on the injured list, uh, forearm tightness, which you never want to hear anything about a forearm because if you hear something about a forearm that's generally a precursor – to the idea that you tore a ulnar lateral ligament and that leads to Tommy John surgery, that's bad. Um, I think DeGrom's going to be okay, but this pitching staff, I've been saying for a few weeks now, you've gotten more out of the pitching staff than you ever dreamed you were going to get out of it. You need another starter, and we're really seeing that because the bullpen's been overused. Diaz has given up three blown saves in the last week and a half since that last game before the All-Star break. That was his first blown save in at least a month. He's blown two more since then. And that's how we get last night's game. 
where I I don't know how the fuck they won that game. They they seven home runs. They went fifteen to eleven in eleven innings. But you know, I'm looking at KFC from Barstool and Frank the Tank talking about this is one of the worst games I've ever seen them play. Even though Frank is like, oh, the Mets only win when I'm not watching the game. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's how I feel most of the time. Um, so they got that. The offense is going a little bit. Lindor had now has uh, he's on the disabled list with a uh, uh, oblique injury, which obliques generally mean you're out for about two months. So that's bad. Um, apparently, Diaz is a victim of low spin rate, which means he was probably using the sticky stuff, which that's not good. Um, Strowman's kind of going through the same thing, but I think Lindor's absence is really being seen in the leadership aspect because he was the guy who would always come over and calm Diaz down. And now all three of these blown saves have come with Lindor on the disabled list and nowhere to be found. And yeah, I, there's a link between the sticky stuff and the spin rate going down for sure. But I also think there's a link between these blown saves and Lindor not being there. And I think Lindor's presence cannot be overstated. Y'all know I wasn't giving up on Lindor just because he had a bad start with the bat. Because I felt like his value was the leadership. It was the defense. The defense has been fucking god-awful the last week and a half. And, yeah, all right, they lost four of seven games to the Pirates, which, let's be honest, that was predictable because it was a series that the Mets were supposed to win. And anytime the Mets are supposed to do something, you might as well just say you're going to lose. Might as well just say it. So I, I, we knew that. And I don't know. I, I got more, I want to say, because we'll talk about the trading deadline. you guys want to throw in anything off of that initial comments? Dave, uh, I'll let you. No, man. Uh, I, I think... Uh... I think at some point or another, Mike, you just have to enjoy the game of baseball itself and save yourself the stress. Well, I mean that's 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 fair and everything, but the the enjoyment definitely comes from your team winning, which is something I haven't seen very often. The fact that I can count the winning season that, that the Mets have had in my entire life on like one hand and maybe a little bit of a second. I'd like to see, you know couple more winning seasons in my lifetime. You know, I'm not totally Joe Beningo yet, but, you know, I'd like to see a few more. I respect so, that. I got to say this. I got to say this, and this will go to Eric here. So I'm not going to name the place I work at now. We're not going to do that. But you all know where I work now. And we get hats in all the time. And there is this one hat that I think is the most ridiculous thing on the face of the planet. And Eric, it is a hat... It's, it's called the Derek Jeter hat. There's like three or four different Derek Jeter hats that have the Derek Jeter 2020 Hall of Fame patch on it. This hat has the Derek Jeter 2020 Hall of Fame patch, and it has patches from every World Series the Yankees won in Jeter's career. And I think it's the most ridiculous-looking thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Like, because people like to wear hats with patches on it. I'm not getting on them for that. But the idea that a Yankee fan is so insecure in their team and their fandom that they have to remind themselves 
of all the times the Yankees have won the last 20 years. We haven't won anything in 12 years. I'm going to wear this hat to remind everybody of everything we've done in the last 20 years. How small does your penis have to be to wear that fucking hat? And that's a question I've asked people. I just want to say that. No, Eric. But that's, not, but that's not what it is, though. That's not why they're wearing a hat is because they have a small penis. The reason they're wearing the hat is because insecure. Jeter, no, but it's not insecure. Those are titles that Derek Jeter won. It's Derek Jeter tribute hat. It's better. Hat. Those are, those we are have better. Derek Jeter won. Now, you would have validity to your story if one of those patches Derek Jeter did not belong to or did not was not a part of. Then I would say, okay, maybe then you're just gloating about your 28 World Series if you had 28 patches on there or whatever it is. But you don't. Yeah, only have the patches that he won World Series in. The guy is a five-time World Series champion. And you want to put his patches in? You want to put those patches on there? I actually want to own that hat. And I'll be honest, I would love to get that hat signed by him one day and add it to my collection. But we have better hats. We have better I, Jeter I hats. Would, but I think that would be a kick-ass Jeter hat to have. A hat that has not that has every patch, including his Hall of Fame patch, every World Series patch, and his Hall of Fame patch. I think that would be a cool hat to get signed that to your collection. To go to I your point, that, though. To go I to would, your point, I though. I would rock it. I would get it. If you got Jeter to sign that hat, which you know something, I can kind of see your point on Jason that. You would not. You you would not. No, you. I'm not going to comment on that one. That's just. That's loaded right there. Um, that was that was good. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. That's pretty good. You wouldn't wear that hat, though, if you got Jeter to sign it. You put it in a trophy case. Yeah. I got to be honest. I don't think I would wear it a ton either just because, again, I don't think I need to, like, you know, maybe I'd wear it if I was going to the stadium or going somewhere where I was, mm. like, going to watch a game. But I don't think I'd wear that hat as an everyday hat out and about. You know what I mean? They, I, but but no. again, I'm a guy who owns I'm a guy who owns probably over 400 hats myself. So I mean, I'm not really a guy to talk about hats. I, I'm a hat freak. So I mean, I, I have I have hats I just love to just have. But I mean, I wear my hats too. I wear all my hats. I don't just mm. I don't have any hats that are just trophies either. So I mean, um, I would if Jeter signed it, obviously then it would be a trophy hat. But gonna, either I'm way, gonna, I would I would wear. I'm gonna. It. I, I want to say I'm going to send you guys a picture. This is the only hat I've bought since I started working there. And y'all can figure out what type of hat this is. But um, I love this fucking hat. This hat is awesome. Uh, anyway, um, no, we have better Jeter hats. Like we have this one hat that came in that I actually think is pretty cool. It's like leather. And the number two is embossed on like every other panel of the hat. It looks fantastic. And in the end, in the end, Jeter was never about flash and glitz and glamour. He was a subtle guy. And I think that's a problem I have with the hat I was telling you guys about. Jeter would never do you he would never be that flashy, that gouty or anything like that. The leather one, I think, is more subtle in its approach. And like I said, we have a couple other Jeter hats there, too. But that one, I just saw that. This is the most ridiculous-looking thing I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. But we have people come in, and they ain't real baseball fans. They wear it for the fashion. And I, I can't fault those people. It's like, fine. You, it matches your shoes? Yeah, that's great. Go ahead. I matched that. I matched. I bought the hat that I sent you guys. It's a hat of Mr. Met. That's the hat I wear. I get. I have a job where my uniform consists of a Mr. Met hat. It's fucking fantastic. 
Um, and I match my shoes to the hat, which is not what everybody does. But I'm not like anybody else, so that's fine. Dave, right, we're no, not like I, I got to come visit you at your new location and get some yeah. new hats. Ah, it's fantastic. Don't ask me for discounts. The discounts ain't working since we since we switched over to POS. They, nothing's working. Um, anyway, um, Dave, you want to hang on? I know you. I know we've done a lot late, later than you really wanted to be on here. Do you got to? I'm not kicking you off. I'm just asking. Do you? Do you need to go? Yeah, I need to wrap up, gents. So all right, keep do, doing your thing. Do I'm your final. Gotta, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we got to do this. It's always a pleasure. And uh, I'm Mike, sorry, Mike. You're, you're quick, you're, Dave, 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 Mike, real quick, real quick. I gotta ask you. No, Eric. Our Christmas gift for Mike is gonna be uh, be an alarm clock. I have I, one. I I, think think I didn't perfect. set it. God damn it! I should have. I think Soft. that's perfect. But Dave, do you have any quick final thought on Loki by any chance? Just throwing it out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On who? Loki. Just real quick, oh, I know I you're enjoying it for Thursday. Oh. Yeah. I honestly I, I I love the series. I think it was the best series out of the three. Uh the the ending the last episode did not disappoint me. Um I enjoyed it and knowing that Loki the whole concept and point of Loki was to set up everything that's coming um in the you know, new Spider Man movie, the new Doctor Strange movie and really the marvel universe moving forward uh i i was really excited with how they ended it and what they did and also mm. knowing you're going to get a season two uh was a big fan of all of that mm. now you also said that you saw black widow i want your thoughts on black widow um honestly it was i enjoyed it it wasn't maybe everything i hoped it would be um, what I will say though, is I am, I thought that the girl that played her sister, uh, oh, she's fantastic. I, I thought she made that movie. Um, so I genuinely, I'm excited to see what they have in store for her and without ruining anything for anybody that end credit scene with how it tied into, uh, one of the Disney plus shows, uh, really, really kind of excited to see what they're trying to build off of that as well. So, uh, mm. I'll leave I'll leave that a little broad. I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. Um, but no, I enjoyed the movie. It wasn't great, you know. Definitely isn't ranking as one of my top Marvel movies. Uh, but I think uh, Scar uh, Scar Joe and Black Widow deserve that uh, that movie, and, and it was a long time coming. And uh, it went. It was good enough that I don't think uh, she should have any regrets about her career as uh, Black Widow and. On top of that, I found out she was also one of the, the co-producers on it. So she definitely was invested, and I think uh, you got to uh, at least assume uh, she was happy with the final product. And what about Space Jam? Did you see Space Jam? I have not yet, but I'm wondering any, any thoughts of either of you have seen that. I haven't. I actually did watch it. It's as horrible as I thought it was going to be, and yet simultaneously <laughs> it was as entertaining as I hoped. It's... So bad it was good, huh? Yeah, I, look, I, it, I mean, obviously, for our generation, we're going to prefer MJ Space Jam. I don't think anybody in our age group would, would disagree. Um, but with that said, if you go into it with a childish mind, like you watch the original one, you can't not enjoy it. It just starts a little slow. 
But once he I heard you uh, can throw the whole first half hour away. I heard that first half hour is literally useless. Yeah, you could be, you could definitely throw the first half hour out the window and and make that movie a lot better. It's but two it, hour runtime, that... right? Two hours. I think it's like an hour forty-seven. I think it's a little under two hours. That yeah, sounds like an hour long too long. Time. Yeah, no, it, it, look, it was enjoyable. The game was enjoyable. Um, Can I ask a question? Because I haven't seen it yet. Did they really over-rely on Warner Brothers properties as much as they made it sound? Is it yeah, they made it. Mike's asking, is it a giant Warner Brothers commercial like everyone says it is? Yeah, that's fair. They, they, they definitely uh, gave LeBron his own super team when it came down to things you noticed and characters that were in it that were exciting fantastic look i'm telling yeah. you right now don't go if you want if you go into it with the lowest possible expectations you're going to enjoy the movie that's the best yeah. way i can explain it if you go in there with any high expectations you're going to be disappointed and bored but if you go in there and just say like i put it on because i i still have like a half hour left to my work day i'm like all right it's a little less than two hours i don't gotta leave my house till 6 30 Screw it. I, I'm going to start it now. So I watched, like, uh, the first 45 minutes or so I watched while working. So, like, I barely paid attention to it. Like, I left it playing if I had to go to the bathroom. Like, so, like, I can't give you a synopsis on the movie because I didn't pay attention to most of it. But I went in with a low expectation, and when it was all said and done, I enjoyed it. Mm. Fair enough. So, all right, man. You guys wrap up. Thank you. Always a Thank pleasure. Thank you, sir. Here. Appreciate uh, the thoughts. Anytime, gents. I'll uh, I'll definitely chat with you guys next week and uh, crush the rest of the show. Thanks, man. Dave Hastings, everybody. Perfect. Thank you, sir. I do want stay sweaty, my friend. Yes, I do. I do want to say one last thing about the Mets and Eric. You can probably chime in for your Yankees. The trading deadline is going to be very interesting because you know I said it was either last week or the week before. The idea that. Mets don't necessarily need a bat. They need a pitcher. They need another starting pitcher. Well, now that you're probably going without Lindor for the next two months, I the need for a bat just increased a little bit. So we're hearing the Chris Bryant rumors and everything. I would love to see a scenario where the Mets pull Chris Bryant and Kyle Hendricks out of Chicago. And if you have to give up a couple of your pro- top prospects to do it, all our top prospects are like under the age of 21 anyway, so they're at least three years away from the majors. I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Hendricks is signed for two more years anyway. You don't know what's going to happen with Strowman and Syndergaard after this season. So, you know, if you got to do it, fucking do it. They say. Um. Yeah. I mean, listen. If you think that they got to do that right now to yes to go all in and pull out pull out the rest of the season, I mean, they're in position right now where they're where they're leading that division. I mean, they if they can find a way to keep that spot. If that means making some moves that that they can afford to make, they should make those moves. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but it's just a matter of if they will. But I've also heard rumors that the Mets are also looking into like Javi Baez. They want like pretty much yeah. the whole freaking right side of the infield. So I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to be able to pull off. Um, well, I don't think it. This is another guy that could be on the move. Yeah, uh, I've heard his I... name kicked around. So 
I don't think it would be a case where they'd get both Baez and Brian in a trade. I think it would be a case where they'd get one or the other. And I did hear the Baez rumor, so I get what you're saying on that. But you're talking about the division. Like, the Nationals are the farthest back. They're six games back. I've said this to you many times. I always look at the Annalise. You have three or four teams that are not separated by much talent-wise. It's just about which team wakes up the, the, the latest and goes on that big run. And, yeah, the Mets are in first place. They've been in first place for the last three months. They're only two and a half games up on the Phillies for first place in the division. So the idea that one of these other teams can't wake up, go on this run, and blow the Mets away? Nah, man. That can happen. No, the Mets just have to actually play well, and they're not playing well right now. Yeah, and the the pitching being in disarray and the fact that we're going with guys like Jared Eikhoff and Tyler McGill and Robert Stock. You, you, I don't know how much you know about Robert Stock. You know how the Mets got Robert Stock? They beat the shit out of him in a game that he started for the Cubs earlier in the season. The Cubs designated him for assignment, so the Mets said, hey, let's pick him up. That, that's sound philosophy, isn't it? We beat the shit out of him, so he's available. Let's go get him. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. So, who of you guys... I, I saw something where the Yankees were connected to Starling Marte to play center field for you guys. Who's the guy you'd like to see the Yankees get at this trading deadline? I don't know. Because, again, I, I think this team is talented enough as is. It's just they're not playing well. I mean, you're going to go – I they don't have anybody to trade right now. That's the problem. Your really only tradable asset is Judge. And he's playing so well, and he's the face of the franchise. I just don't see them trading him. Mm. I mean, I, I, they get a boatload back for him. And as I said earlier, maybe it's the year that you do that because – He's still under control for another team for a year and a half or whatever. So, you know, maybe it would be the time to do that. But at the same time, if you can't get the right return, it's not worth it. So, I mean, unless you're getting a King's Ransom back, it's not worth it. And the Yankees right now, being that they're only two games back in the in the wild card, you know, two games in the loss column back in the wild card, the Yankees are actually going to be buyers, not sellers. So I, I don't know who they would give up. And, I mean, they don't have enough in the farm system right now that really entices other teams. They're not going to give up the kid, the Martian. They're not going to, you know, I, I, I don't think the value is there for a Floreal or, or anybody else. So I think this team is going to have a hard time making moves. I think they are going to make moves, but they're just not going to be big blockbuster deals. And, you know, there'll be little moves like, they, like they've like they made where they brought in Lo Castro or something like that. You know, there'll be small moves that they'll try to do to improve the team, fill in for some holes, maybe some injured players. But I just don't see them going out and, and trading everybody. And, I mean, even Sanchez, you can maybe get a little bit back for him, but you finally got him right now. Are you going to go and trade him now? You might, but again, is it worth it to your team? Do you get better from that trade? If you don't get better, if the team doesn't get better, then it's not worth doing. No, I mean, that's fair. And I I can't remember if I mentioned this on the show, but I had heard someone say this. It might have been the night that you said that you called into um, Chris McMonagall 
on WFAN? Because I was actually in the car, I guess, a half hour before you had called. And I, I think it was McMonagle who had said, um, if you trade a big name at the deadline, all you're really getting is prospects. It's better to wait until after the season when teams are actually putting their roster together if you're going to trade the big name guys. So that's why I, I don't think they'd entertain trading Judge at the deadline because all you're getting is the prospects for him. So you got that. But, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Yankees do here because I, the Yankees aren't a team that throws in the towel or anything like that. And as much as, you know, you look at the standings, what is it, the seven out? Seven, right? Yeah, seven. But, I mean, again, that's they were, you know, Further than that, before they just played Boston this last time. So, I mean, they, they're, you know, picking up little by little. And if they keep doing that, you know, teams have closed seven games way faster than, you know, the two and a half months we have left here. So, um, I know, know what you're implying there. I get what you're implying. I see what so, you're doing I mean, there. So, there's plenty of time. There's plenty <laughs> of time. Yeah. And uh, I get you on that. I get that. Um, I wanted to bring this up last week, but I forgot to do it. We don't really talk about the Major League Baseball draft because obviously you don't know what you have until like three or four years down the line. It's the hardest draft to really project or anything like that. What do you think of the Mets taking um, Camille Rocker at number 10? He was a guy who I think you had actually said it was him and Jack Leiter who are going to be like the top two draft picks. I feel like you said that like a month or two ago on this show. And he he not only drops, he drops to the Mets at 10. A guy who's like projected to be one of the top three draft picks and he falls in our laps at 10. That was ridiculous to me. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people thought that uh, too on da- draft day, I was seeing a lot of predictions that later was going to fall to four to the Red Sox and that didn't happen. Later ended up actually going two. Yeah, um, Rangers, but, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. Rangers? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, you know, I wanted to bring it up because you've been talking about the Martian for a while here, and we've never really seen the Mets, at least in recent years, really get a guy out of the draft or out of, you know, the, the um, Latin American signings or things like that who falls into that type of category of a big-time impact possible player and this rocker guy could wind up being that god knows we need someone to move up the pipeline quickly because you know we've said the mets don't really have a lot of high-end top-tier prospects all of ours are under the age of 21 and then you bring in this guy straight out of college and everything i was really happy with that move yeah no, uh, he's yeah, gonna be he's gonna be He's going to be good, I think. I mean, again, it's hard to predict some of these guys out of college. Sure. Um, but, yeah, all, all the signs are there for him to be really good. So, I mean, listen, the Mets have developed pitching talent before, so I don't think they're incapable of doing it again. Um, so, yeah, they, they could have another good pitcher on their hands. Mm. And the only other thing, draft-wise, I want to bring up, did you see the Angels are the first team in baseball history to spend all of their draft picks on pitching? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, and obviously this year's draft was a 20-round draft. Before last year, the majority of drafts have been like 40 rounds or something. So, like, they did five rounds last year. And obviously they weren't going that low this year. But it was a 20-round draft. 
Angels, first team in history, all 20 of their draft picks on pitchers. We've talked before. Yeah, I mean, we've talked before about the pitcher. Um, I can't remember when it was, but we talked about the Angels surrounding Trout with talent. We talked about the fact that they couldn't really develop quality starting pitchers. I guess they kind of took it a little personal there. So they were just like, well, we need to figure this shit out and give ourselves as many lottery ticket I lost you there, Mike. Well, listen, I know what he's going to there. And now, I mean, the, to go with pitching for 20 straight rounds, absolutely insane. And, um, yeah, hey, there you are. You're back now. Oh, I cut out? You cut out for the first time tonight. Oh, I, I actually cut out. That That's the second time. You guys didn't notice the first time I cut out before. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. That. I think it's super odd that there would be a team that would spend all 20 rounds on pitching. But at the same time, I mean, it goes to show you that maybe that's where they put the value right now and they want to try to find some top flight, you know, pitching talent. So, I mean, it's. Uh... Well, I'm guessing I cut out when I said this, but we talked. I don't remember if it was last year or the year, the year before. We talked about the Angels not really being able to surround trout with top tier talent we talked about the fact that pitching wise they never really had enough to help trout out there and i guess this was their attempt to answer that yeah so it's the opposite of the aaron Rodgers, where i need help i need help i need help and then they're yeah. going to draft yeah. another quarterback instead this is like him saying we need pitching help we need pitching help and they say okay we're gonna spend all our draft picks on just pitching just for you just the opposite rogers approach well, they've spent, like, how much money on bats over the last few years with, like, Angelton Simmons and Anthony Rendon and some of the other guys they've brought in. So, yeah, yeah, this is how you listen to your uh, top guy. It's how you do that. All right. Do you have anything else you want to bring up tonight, sir? No, it's all I have for you. I mean, I'm sure we'll have more deadline talk next week, right, because it's the end of next week is the trade deadline, 31st. Oh, yeah. No, we'll be in the lead up to it next week because we're going, what, the 20 next thir- Tuesday is, yeah, the 27th. So, yeah, we'll have like three days left before the trade deadline. So that'll be interesting. Yep, I'm sure we'll have a lot more, a lot more rumors, a lot more stuff to talk about. So looking mm-hmm. forward to that. And uh, as always, going to get ready to maybe watch a little of this game six here and watch the end of the Yankee game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that'll do it for us here tonight. But rest in peace, John Schnepp. Like I said, I saw that before I went on the air, three years since the man died. Have you ever seen his documentary, The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? No, but I want to. It's really good. It's really good. It used to be on Showtime for a little while. I refuse to watch it pirated either because I know that that man fought very hard. Oh, you don't have to do that, actually. You don't have to do no, that. I know, I, I know, I know yeah. but I would want to. I would want to rent it the right way because I feel like that's. He he lost a lot of money, and he uh, he had a really hard time with that when that movie, when that came out, and with a lot of stuff. So I mean, uh, I, I would I, I would you know only because I know the backstory a little bit of that and the troubles he had with it. Yeah, would, he had would, he had to like I sell everything. I would rent yeah. it on demand or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to find the website because you could actually, you can get it straight from the website if the website is still 
um, functioning. Yeah, okay. Is this it? Is it? Yeah, I'll send you the link. I just found a website. You can get it straight All off right. the website. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, man. So that'll do it for us here this week. Thank you to Dave Hastings and uh, Larry Schmelrose for joining us here tonight. Eric, Eric Tressler, your final thoughts, my friend. Stay sweaty as always, my friend. Stay sweaty, my friend. Yes, and I am Mike Aglioloro. Thank you all for listening to us on all our various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. I am Mike Aglioloro. We will see you all next week.